I'm looking at parenthood, comparing that to the promised land. And I said, that that's it. You know, just like you brought the Israelites through the desert and you took them into the promised land, you're going to bring me through this desert and you're going to bring me into the promised land of motherhood. And the Lord spoke so, so clearly. And it was just like, I could see him looking on me and he's like, oh, my child, my daughter, you missed the mark. No, no, parenthood, motherhood, that's not the promised land. I am the promised land. Anticipation. That word is, for many, it can be a lot of anxiety. For many, it can be full of joy of what's about to take place. Welcome you to this Christmas edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. I'm Byron Tyler. Today, as we celebrate Christmas on this Christmas Eve, I was just thinking about this word anticipation. I remember as a child being so excited for Christmas, waking up, you know, way before I was supposed to, just to go take another look there under the tree. I was always mesmerized by this nativity set mom brought down out of the attic. And every year she would set it up on the Zenith record stereo player. It had a little orange glow light in there. I just remember how I would just watch it for hours and not totally understanding what that message was about. And it really wasn't until I became a teenager that I understood what Christ coming to earth really meant. Well, today I have some dear friends here that I want you to meet and for many of you, you know Stacy Mays, who hosts Life in the 901 with Life Choices. She rotates Mondays with Steve Copeland. And then we have Josh Mays, her husband, which is really a treat. I love Josh. He's our worship pastor at High Point Church. It's been a while, Josh, since you've been here. And I'm thankful that we can celebrate this special time with you guys. Honored to be here, Byron. We love the Tyler family. We love you, Byron. Thanks for letting us be here. Yes, thank you. Oh, thank you. I love you guys so much. And we have a story we want to share today. We talk about anticipation. You guys know something about that, don't you? Yes. <laughs> That's a loaded yes. <laughs> That's a loaded yes. <laughs> I do. But I kind of want to step back, if we can, when you first met at Mississippi College, I yeah. believe. You were a student. Mm-hmm. You were playing in a band. That's true. Yes. <laughs> Your dad, Gary Mays, which is an incredible guy. He's been on the show many times. Yes. Gary saw Stacy. In the lobby and thought, hey, this might be someone that Josh needs to meet. (laughs) You're exactly right. Want to tell the story? Yes. Um, Yeah, Josh's dad fixed us up on our first date. It's true. (laughs) Uh, He said... Uh, he, he, it's a long story. He was helping uh, promote that, that show that day. There was a Christian entertainer that was brought in to do the Welcome Week back-to-school concert. And my dad was just helping out a dear friend of ours regarding uh, the promotion of the show. And he saw Stacy. He said, I saw life in her eyes. <laughs> and he just thought, man, this, this young lady is just remarkable. And after the show, um, she came up with a CD of my bands, which I don't recall giving or selling her a CD. And and she said, will you sign my CD? And I said, absolutely, I will sign your CD. And then he walked up and he said, Stacy, did you tell Josh what you two are going to do? And I said, uh, what? And, and she said, uh, no, I'm embarrassed. You tell him. So my dad said, you two are going to go have dinner on me. And I looked at him and I looked at her and I looked at him and I looked at her and I said I respect that and so uh and it's uh, been magic and adventure ever since that moment so you guys got married what was the date you got married April the 17th 2010 good job thank you very good we got to make sure we know that right yes 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 very important day 10 years ago and I think you guys started out in the ministry 
Weren't you on staff somewhere? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, I was. Uh, I was hired um, at a very young age, the ripe young age of 21 years old, to lead worship here in Memphis at, at High Point Church. So I moved up here from Jackson, Mississippi, the Jackson area, and uh, and I had my first uh, kind of full-time job for a young man, and I thought, well, uh, this is a prime time to get engaged and get married. And so moved Stacy up here to the, the big city of Memphis, Tennessee. Her family's been ticked at me ever since for taking the, <laughs> the princess of the family away from the deep south, the country down there in Mississippi. It's interesting. You talk about ministry. I'm so proud of Stacy and the ministry that they do at Life Choices. Yes. And that's literally one of the only things that my mom, one of the only biggest, most important pieces of advice that she gave me was make sure that whoever you marry is just as called to the ministry as yes. you are. And I saw that very early in Stacy, and, and we are so privileged and honored to do ministry, our separate respectable ministries, but also uh, together in the city. And uh, she comes alongside of me and serves our ministry, and I come alongside and her and serve their ministry. It's an awesome adventure. I'm sure you and Josh discussed children as you were planning this life journey together in marriage and the marriage covenant, but you traveled this road of infertility and couldn't have a child when you so desperately wanted one and asked God to give you a child. Well, for me, I have always loved babies. I was the toddler walking around holding the baby doll and pushing the stroller. And being a mom was just my my dream. I mean, my, my ultimate dream. Of course, I wanted to get married. I wanted a husband. <laughs> I needed a husband to be a mom. I've been career driven. I wanted a career. But I love children. I mean, a deep, deep love of children. So we knew that we wanted a few years, just us. Um, When we first got married, we we desired that a few years with just us. But after a year or two, we were ready to start our family. And about the same time, I had some major health issues, thyroid issues. It got so bad, I had to have my thyroid removed. So that went on a few years. And again, where it's like, okay, let's get the thyroid fixed, and then we can have kids. And children are, are goal of ours. We definitely are ready to be parents. But that didn't happen, did it? No. We had many, many ups and downs and highs and lows and all in between. I would love to say, you know, that I just knew God was faithful and God had a plan and I just gave it to God and relaxed. But no, I think time and time again, I acted like a toddler having a temper tantrum on the floor, crying out to God in anger and confusion and hurt. Um, Why can't we have this? Why us? Um, Questions like that, because this was my my deepest desire. And um, we could provide such a great, loving Christian home for a child. I just did not understand. And of course, it was it was highs and lows, like I said. And mm-hmm. we um, really felt led in 2018, felt like it was of the Lord to do IVF, which is a route many people who struggle with infertility, they get pregnant. It's very, very expensive, um, but was worth it to us, worth it to us to drain our savings. Um, there was a couple in our church who gave us a check. We pursued that and just really said, okay, well, this is how we're going to get pregnant. Um, The Lord is leading us to do it, so therefore it's going to happen. And our IVF did not work. That was a kind of detriment and hurt that I had not known before then. Wow. And for you, Josh, how did you try to make sense of all this? How were you trying to encourage Stacy at the same time? I mean, you had your own emotional pain 
Yeah. First of all, I would like to say that that was a very specific and interesting pain seeing my wife, who was devoted to a ministry that was based upon crisis pregnancies and many, many times people who should not be getting pregnant, who don't want to be getting pregnant, um, you know, finding themselves in that that crisis, her going to work faithfully every day for uh, over five, six years now, um, and, and being in that world, that ministry world with crisis pregnancies, and then us not being able to get pregnant and scratching our heads going, this just does not make any sense. And so that was tough for me, but uh, you know I was so proud of Stacy uh, and the way she continued to love these mothers and the, these babies, and that was an incredibly inspiring to me. That, that probably put a ton of wind in my sails. Looking back on it, like man, uh, she's being so faithful and devoted to to the Lord. Um, but then there was the aspect of the financial aspect of the IVF in 2018. We could have done so many other things with that money yeah. uh, instead of what essentially felt like flushing it down the toilet, you know, because at the end of it, there was still no baby. There was still no child to raise. The beautiful side of, of that story specifically in 2018 was a pretty intimate story uh, of Stacy's. I'll let her share it. But we as men – we as human beings, we tend to uh, put goals. You talk about anticipation. We tend to put goals or things ahead of us and think, if we can just get fill in the blank, that's going to be it. I will have landed. I will have arrived. Yeah. That yeah. will be the yeah. promised land. If I could just yeah. get a boyfriend, if I could just mm-hmm. get that job, yeah. if I could just get that degree, or if I could just get a raise or that house or live in that neighborhood, et cetera, et cetera. And so uh, the Lord actually, through our IVF journey, the Lord spoke this to Stacy. I'll let her tell that part of the story. Yeah, very vividly. I mean, the Lord clearly spoke to me. I remember exactly where I was pulling off of 240 onto Poplar. And I was just thinking through, trying to process in my my human capacity, all that we had been through and the infertility and my longing and desire for motherhood. And I'm driving and I just thought, God, I am like the Israelites. I'm in the desert. This is a desert season, and it's been several years. It's been a really long, long time. But the promised land is there because I really felt like Josh and I would be parents. I, I, I felt like we would. I had not gotten a word from the Lord for sure that we would, but I just felt like we were going to be parents one day. And so I'm looking at parenthood, comparing that to the promised land. And I said, that that's it. You know, just like you brought the Israelites through the desert and you took them into the promised land, you're going to bring me through this desert and you're going to bring me into the promised land of motherhood. And the Lord spoke so, so clearly. And it was just like, I could see him looking on me and he's like, oh, my child, my daughter, you missed the mark. No, no, parenthood, motherhood, that's not the promised land. I am the promised land. And God told me that so clearly. And I would say that was a big turning point for me in this journey, if you will, to, to begin to seek the Lord in a new way to say, okay, in this pain and suffering, God, how can I know you more? What do you want of me? How can I be obedient to you? I'm going to put motherhood and this all 
all the the research and the effort and the blood work and the tests. I'm going to put that on the back burner because I'm going to focus on you. Yeah, I really like what you said about the promised land because we all have this ideal promised land, as you said, yeah. whether it be mm-hmm. child, a new job, a new house. What is it? But Jesus wants to say it's me yeah Mm. it's your identity is in me Mm -hmm. it is your union in me that's what counts right that's exactly right i mean i think i think if there is something that the listeners could take away from this today it's maybe just take a moment and assess what is it that i'm putting at the end of my at the end of my gaze longing for that that Mm -hmm. thing that worldly thing that that title that access to that thing and then just allow the lord to uh, you know the holy spirit to speak to you and work on you as far as man maybe you need to take that thing to the altar well and uh, and uh, at altars things die and um that's so that the right thing yes can be uh in our gaze on you know in our in in our heart's gaze and our mind's gaze um and i think if you look at the the Bible and, and all the way through our story today, it's that over and over uh, we forget. Over and over we forget as Christians, as the Israelites, or, or or now as Memphis Tennesseans, we forget what's really important, who's really important. We so often just uh, have our priorities upside down. You know, it's so easy too as we look at this time of year at Christmas when families will gather to some degree because of covid we're not sure you know some there's going to be some different celebrations yes but typically presents will be under the tree yes and and the anticipation that i'm going to get that one present you know <laughs> that i really it's going to make me so happy or yeah but for use, about 20 minutes for about 20 minutes yeah. and it, it breaks or it falls right. apart it fades yeah. and we try to hold on to things that are so temporary yeah for sure so your story is so wonderful because God heard your cry. Yeah. And it was a matter of waiting on him. Yeah. You know, God gave a promise similar to Abraham. Yeah. Of course, he tried to do things in his own power. But God answered the cry of their hearts, too. Mm -hmm. So I want you to tell this story. This is beautiful. (laughs) Yes. It is incredible. It's so, so exciting. I had to go through, after our failed IVF, um, there were lots of other factors going on in our life, um, our church, our personal life, family life, sick relatives. Um, I had a very low point, um, just a very, very low point, because I'm a stuffer, if anyone knows what that means, your emotions, your issues, and I just thought I'm going to push it down, uh, deal with it later. I cannot deal with this right now. This is too hard. And um, it began to manifest in panic attacks, not being able to sleep at night, terrible sadness, probably depression or close to depression, mm-hmm. to where one day I, in tears I told Josh, I, I need help. I really need help. Like, I'm not okay. The panic attacks, not being able to sleep. So I went through a period of intense counseling. I love counseling. I knew I needed help from a Christian therapist. I worked through my pain and hurt because I was so hurt and I didn't know how to handle it in a healthy way. And and the Lord was so faithful in that process. And then God laid on my heart to lead a Bible study when I was in the middle of that. And I thought, sorry, God, you know, you got the wrong part. You're this girl next to me, not me. Do you know how messed up I am? God, I'm in counseling weekly. I'm having panic attacks. 
And I thought, you know what, I'm going to be obedient. Right now, I am going to be obedient. And that Bible study, being a leader in that, was so life-changing for me. And that led to another one and another one and a bigger Bible study. Just looking back on God's faithfulness to speak through me and to use me. And I say this to say that we got to a very good point, still longing for parenthood, but spiritually the Lord was so close, speaking so clearly through my priority time with him in the mornings, through leading the Bible study. And then Josh took a sabbatical this past summer. Yeah, that was an an incredible opportunity. After over 11 years of uh, full-time ministry here at High Point, we have been through a lot. Uh, Stacy and I, both relationally, personally, we've been through a lot as a church, been through some highs and a lot of lows. Our new pastor at High Point and the leadership team provided me the opportunity to take six weeks and rest and unplug and really heal, do some counseling myself and work on us and unplug from the daily grind uh, and and a pretty arduous grind of full-time ministry for 11 plus years. In the counseling that I did, I did some very important work where I came to grips with some of the things that it was a very bloody time. It was very like like we talked about the altar where some things had to die and I had to wake up to some things and and realize that uh, once again, what's important, we're talking more about priorities. We're talking more about our identity in Christ and that my identity was not in my ministry. It was Mm -hmm. not in my uh, me being a pastor. My identity is being a child of God. And even this is kind of a heavy thing, but I feel like even some generational curse type stuff, some generational sin stuff was just broken and lifted in Jesus' name. Yes. And that, that can happen in Jesus' name. And one of our takeaways from my sabbatical was we've installed real Sabbaths on Fridays, and we're still trying to figure it out. <laughs> but we really try to rest and unplug. It's funny because I think most Christians, if you ask them, hey, man, what's the fourth commandment? They'd be like, ah. Honor your father and mother? No, well, no, it's actually, you remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. What does that mean? Oh, easy, Josh. Go to church on Sundays, you know, be faithful at church. But that's not actually it. It's rest. It's unplug. It's receive so that you can continue to give. And when the Sabbath is observed well, remembered and made holy, consecrated for the glory of God, it literally becomes the day of the week that you look forward to all week and the day of the mm-hmm. week that fuels you up all for the next week. And we had installed this practice in our lives because we're both off on Fridays. And so we've been resting. You had been on sabbatical and gotten back from sabbatical. And I um, had been reading chronologically in the Bible. Well, at that time, I was reading about Jesus's life. And I was just Jesus, Jesus, you know, reading in the Bible's life. And one Sunday morning before our church was gathering together again, I watched it online. And then I got out and I was reading in Luke where Elizabeth realizes she's pregnant with John the Baptist. It said, um, Josh, you might have to help me. Because I don't want to mess up where it talks about how she hid these things in her heart. He looked upon her. He saw her and uh, took away her shame. And she hid this in her heart. Yes. And for those who are believers, who are in the word, um, I'm sure many people can relate to the words jumped from my Bible just into my heart, into my soul. And I cried out and I prayed to God. I, I just prayed, God, I pray that you will look on me like you did, Elizabeth, that you'll see me yes. uh, like you saw her and you'll bless me with motherhood like you did her and you'll take away this shame, this hurt. And I journaled everything out. This is so amazing. And I, 
I don't say this lightly at all, but the Lord just clearly, clearly spoke. And he said, you're going to have two sons and you're going to name them James and John, um, just like James and John in the Bible, <laughs> sons of thunder. And, and, and then he told me a, a few more things just about um, being a godly parent and raising godly sons. And it was just like you and I talked. I mean, it was so, so clear. And I know God is faithful to his word. And I knew that he had just spoken to me to where I just closed my journal. And I was like, this is awesome. We're going to be parents to two sons, <laughs> you know, having no idea. But you kept that to yourself. Mm-hmm. When Mary received the revelation, that she yes. pondered that in her heart. You're right. exactly right. And that verse came to my mind. And Elizabeth talking about her hiding away for five months. I just knew in my soul, like, this is God's word to me. And I'm going to hold this close. Yes. I didn't tell Josh. And I didn't know um, if this was, um, if I would ever be pregnant, if this would be adoption, if this would be five years, ten, how this would happen. I just knew God right. spoke it and yes. it would be. Yes. Then we're having a Sabbath. Yep. So I was laying on the couch watching a barbecue documentary, and <laughs> she had to go run an errand for her for her ministry, and she felt so, so sick. And it dawned on her, I should maybe take a pregnancy test. And so she splurged and got the one that says pregnant or not pregnant. She didn't want to be reading any codes or lines or anything. I had no idea she was doing this, and I was just laying on the couch, and unbeknownst to me, she took the test and rounded the corner into the living room and held it in my face, and I was, uh, I would say, whatever happens chemically in your body when you're in proper shock, like, that was probably the moment in my life where I was the most shocked, and to our knowledge, we've never been pregnant before. To our knowledge, we've never had a miscarriage. I mean, this is the first time we've been pregnant and and i'm like i'm just saying what what's happening what how what and then she tells me the story that she just told us and showed me where she had journaled this moment from uh, the beginning of august and so we are now 20 weeks pregnant yep james elliot mays is due may 1st wow Yes. Congratulations. Praise God. Praise God. God. And so many have prayed. And there's a circle of friends that we attend church with. Mm -hmm. And several of these couples have been walking through infertility like you. Mm -hmm. And and one by one, we've seen God. I'm not saying all have several that I know of. We have seen God. And there's babies in arms now. Yes. Yes. Answering prayers. and And every time, guys, honestly, it's been on my heart. I just thought for you guys. And I've wept for you guys. I thought... Mm -hmm. It's got to be painful. You celebrate with your friends, sure, obviously, sure, sure. but still, in the back of your heart, mm-hmm. you got to be thinking. And I am just so thrilled. The miracle gift of life yes. mm. and the birth that you have here with yes. James, and, and we're trusting that John will be next. <laughs> yeah, who, who knows? When form he, or fashion. You know, you know some, yeah. Yes. So it's a special time as we celebrate Christmas and the, the real gift of life in mm-hmm. Jesus. Amen. Not yes. just some baby at a manger. Mm-hmm. That's how he entered into this crude, cruel world to take on our sin. He was fashioned as a human like we are, yep. not knowing sin, growing in favor of God and man. You know the story of the life he lived, but even more importantly, the death he died yeah, amen. for us. You talked about amen. that sacrifice. Yeah. He made the ultimate mm-hmm. sacrifice, Josh. That's right, so that we could have communion with him. And I just want to say this, uh, our story, praise God, is a good story. We've seen a miracle. Yes. But even today, I saw a friend of mine on social media, um, after announcing that she was pregnant, you know, uh, her husband got COVID 
And the doctor said, let's have an ultrasound just to check on the baby. And she found out and told on the world on social media today that she's lost the baby. Oh. And I just think about the woman who's thought, if I can just get married, if I can just find a husband. Or the parent of a prodigal son who's saying, if my son will just come home. And this earth, we're promised to have pain. And I, I, I just want, I want us to be really, we're so grateful for James. We think that he is the Lord's, not ours. And we are honored to steward this young man and raise him. But even if we had never become parents, gotten pregnant, we know that Jesus is the promised land. Yes. And I, that's what I want to be really clear about with your listeners today, that they know that we will have pain and this world is hard, but lean into Jesus. This has been a painful year for so many that are listening to us today. Maybe you have friend lost someone near and dear to you because of COVID or maybe lost a job and your economy is just turned upside down right now trying to pay a house note or or a utility bill. You're wondering where it's going to come from. Christ is our promised land. And it doesn't mean that we're not going to go through affliction and suffering, but he walks it with us, takes us through those times. And in many ways, he does these miracles and blesses his children. Mazes, I thank you so much. Uh, We're going to have to say Merry Christmas here. Yes, Yes, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And God bless you. We're excited to hear the story, the miracle story that God has done for you. Can't wait to see James. That's right. It's going to be awesome. (laughs) We hope that you have a wonderful Christmas. Thank you. Happy Christmas to all of our friends that are listening right now. God bless you. We hope that you have a wonderful Christmas. Now, if you want to keep up with the mazes, they're on social media through what Facebook, uh, Instagram, Instagram, those kind of things. So just look up Josh and Stacy Mays, and you'll soon be seeing little pictures of James around the house. (laughs) Plenty. But we're going to have to say goodbye. Friends, God bless you on this Christmas celebration. I'm Byron Tyler, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. 